Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Common Kaiser Show today. And today we are interviewing another special guest. All my guests are special, but of course, this one is special in our own way. Uh, today, I'm interviewing a friend of mine from Cedarville University. We've actually uh, known each other all four years, so we go all the way back to freshman year. Um, we have uh, known each other a while. She is a 2019 nursing graduate. She graduated with her BSN and has her RN as well, past the NCLEX, so congrats on that, from Cedarville University. Uh, she also has another fun fact. She has type 1 diabetes, so there is a difference, believe it or not. It's all the, not all the same. She also competed in forensics, speech and debate, before her time at Cedarville and is currently on her way to start working at Soin Medical Center in Beaver Creek and starts July 29th, so not too far from now. So I'd like to give a warm welcome to our guest today, Victoria Denon. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Nice to have you here. So we're going to start off with the warm-up. Uh, so our first question that we have today is... If you had a never-ending candle that smelled like whatever you wanted, what would its fragrance be? Ooh, definitely tropical. Tropical? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love fruity smells. Okay. All right. Nice. Next question. What have you created that you are most proud of? Hmm. That's a great question. <laughs> I'm pretty proud of some quilts I made. A quilt? Okay. Yes. Is there a specific design that you can think of? I've done a rag quilt. So you like get all the different pieces and you put them together and then you cut it. So it's kind of like a fringe. Okay. And so it looks kind of raggedy, which is kind of cool. All right. So that was really fun. Nice. Nice. Okay. I want to say I knew you were into quilt making, but then again, I don't know. I feel like <laughs> it's been a while. It, as I've mentioned it before, I'm sure. All right. Next question. If you were to hug an animal that was a non-traditional pet... What would you hug? An elephant. Because I've always loved elephants. All righty then. Interesting. That's You're the first person to say elephant. I've gotten a lot of bears and penguins. (laughs) They're not very soft, but they're cute. Interesting. You have to have some big arms to get all the way around that elephant. (laughs) All righty then. Next question. This is a guest question. And this question comes from Scott Markle. I'd be surprised if you've ever met this person. We went to high school together. And he is asking, pineapple on pizza or not? Definitely not. Definitely not. No No way. I don't like pineapple anyway. Wow. I respect that. (laughs) All right. Good answer. Next question. Fill in the blank. Milo is? The best. Best. Who is Milo? Milo is my service dog. Okay. So he helps alert me if my blood sugar goes too high or too low and helps keep me safe. All right. Nice. Yeah. Milo is, I guess, your partner in crime or whatever. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. All right, we'll talk more about him later, so we'll go on to our next question. What could you give a 40-minute presentation on with absolutely no preparation? Probably diabetes. Diabetes? Yes. Is there any specifics into that presentation you'd like to share? Um, I guess just that there is a difference between type 1 and type 2 and how to interact with someone who has them. Hmm. All righty then. Interesting. So we'll we'll definitely dive into that more <laughs> later. So next question. What are some small things that make your day better? Hmm. I love hugs. Hugs? Hugs. Hugs. So like from animals, from people, or both? All of the above. All of the above. All right. All right. Nice. Next question. Who has impressed you the most with what they have accomplished? 
probably either my dad or one of the professors at Cedarville because my dad actually started as a chemical engineer and then he went on to become a doctor and he is brilliant and you can ask him any question and he knows the answer. Okay. And then the professor at Cedarville, Dr. Burns, she is also brilliant. She competed in three varsity sports while in college, <laughs> while in med school. Nerd. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she knows every single person's name in her classes. And I think that's really cool. Dr. Burns, she was the anatomy teacher. Right? Yeah. Good for her. Good for her. I never took that class, but yeah, here it's a good time. So if I asked your dad, you said he uh, could answer any question I have. So if I asked him uh, who his favorite child is, do you think he could answer that question? It's definitely me. De <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Nice. Next question. What stat for your life would you like to like most like to see? Ooh. You know, I don't really know. There's got to be something like, I don't know. Um, Maybe not most like to see, but something that comes to your mind right now. How many animals I pet. How many we'll go with that. All <laughs> yes. right. All right. What do you think that stat would be like in the millions, the thousands, the tens? Probably thousands. Thousands. I love petting animals. Hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Next question. Who inspires you to be better? My mom. Oh, two for two. Okay. <laughs> Last time I asked someone that, they said their mom too. So it's a good answer. My mom is amazing. Yay. Reese's PC. <laughs> she brought us candy once and pronounced it, obviously. Wrong. Uh, mm. Next question. As a diabetic, what is a stereotype you live up to? Mmm. Honestly, I feel like I don't really live up to any stereotypes that diabetics tend to have. A lot of them tend to be kind of bad stereotypes. Okay. So I don't think there's really anything in particular. Nothing in particular. Okay. All right. Next question. And this is a guest question again. So this question comes from Angelina Seaman. So she was on the show a few episodes ago. So she is a friend of our, my sister's and she is asking... What's the national animal of Scotland? I want to say unicorn, actually. Oh, my God. I actually <laughs> got it right. Did I? Yeah. I, I am really proud. Honestly, I thought <laughs> she was going to say like like a British terrier or a British uh, lab or something like that. I don't know. Just a hunch of mine, you know. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I Googled it and it turns out it was a unicorn. So I, I don't know. So good job on knowing that. I did Thank not know you. that. So it's, I figured you'd have gotten it like dead wrong, but no. <laughs> it's one of the many useless facts I know. Oh my gosh, you definitely need <laughs> <did> it forensics. <laughs> Next question. What is something you think you will never experience? Skydiving. Skydiving? Mm -hmm. Okay. I am terrified of heights. Yeah. I will not do it you, unless I will die otherwise. You like go up in buildings ever or planes or anything like that? I have flown twice, but... Thankfully, they've never crashed. and I've never had to jump out of an airplane. That's nice. All right. All right. Next question. What would a mirror opposite of yourself look like? Hmm. Probably someone a little louder and I don't know. That's a good question. 
probably a boxer. A boxer. <laughs> yes. All right. But don't you have like your brown belt? That is true, but boxing is still different. That's true. You're not made of boxes, so. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that means. All right. Good, good answer. Next question. Did OJ do it? I have no clue. You got to at least commit to something. Yes or no? No. No? Wow. They're okay. innocent unless proven guilty. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> what about Casey Anthony? No clue. No clue. All right. Hey, you knew the, the OJ case, so wow. I'll give you that. Next question and final question of the warm-up. What's the best compliment you've ever received? Hmm. I, I don't know. I've gotten some compliments on my eyes. Those are nice. All right. Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Victoria. You survived the warm-up, so congratulations Whew. on that. <laughs> uh, we will be, be back shortly after a brief mention of our sponsor, and we'll uh, delve deeper into kind of who you are and what to learn from there. All right, then. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, thank you for listening so far. And now we're going to talk more about, well, Victoria. So, Victoria, you uh, you and I went to Cedarville University together. We, uh, I don't know if we really had many classes together. We one had class. One class. It was mm-hmm. Jen Psych with Dr. Furman. Quite yes. a character, I guess. <laughs> uh, but with Cedarville, why why initially choose Cedarville? And you also majored in nursing. So mm-hmm. why, why the combination of that? Well, I've had... Four older siblings go to Cedarville, so it was kind of on my radar anyway, and I knew they had a really good nursing program, and I knew that a lot of people respected Cedarville, and I've heard several people say that they hire Cedarville nurses almost sight unseen, so Hmm. that was, I think that speaks a lot about their reputation, Hmm. and then nursing I picked because I've always loved working with people. And being a type 1 diabetic, I've known the impact that a nurse can have on a single patient's day. And I think it can be really cool to work with type 1 diabetics and kind of show them and the parents that it's not the end of the world if you're diagnosed with diabetes and you can still have a normal life. Hmm. And I think that's a really cool ministry to be able to do. Okay. So I guess stepping back a bit, because I was going to dive more into talking about school, but I want to step back a bit. You mentioned uh, you understand a nurse's personal impact with diabetes what would you say is a personal impact a nurse has had on you in the past just like in general um the way nurses care for you the few times I've been in the hospital I don't really remember it because I was pretty young I had a seizure when I was three and I was diagnosed with diabetes when I was 14 months okay so I don't really remember either of those but then I did go to the emergency room one day because my blood sugar was really high um I just felt really sick. So we went to the ER and the nurse was so nice and just like being able to trust them and how they have such good attitudes. And if you have a grumpy nurse, then it kind of makes your stay hmm. kind of terrible. Sure. So just in general, how, how they can affect your mood and everything, even in bad situations. Hmm. Interesting. So you specifically decide to go to Cedarville to major in nursing. Uh, mm-hmm. Would you say you decided to go to Cedarville first or nursing first? It was about the same time. I guess technically I decided on Cedarville first because I was really interested in nursing. But I was like, well, we'll see. If I can pass chemistry and anatomy, then I'll definitely do nursing. Oh, okay. Um, but like, I kind of decided at the same time. Originally, I was doing an online college. So 
Okay. That kind of changed. Hmm. Interesting. And you've obviously felt like chemistry and anatomy went well enough to stick it out. Yes. At least to my understanding. <laughs> yes. So what would you say is at your time at Cedarville, specifically Cedarville, do you, what do you think that you learned at Cedarville that you would not have learned at, say, another university? I think their perspective of a nurse as a servant for your patients is really good. Freshman year, they told us instead of asking a patient something like, uh, what else do you need? You would say, what else can I do for you? And then that provides more of a service for the patients. They kind of look on it more in a more, um, just in a more helpful way. Hmm. And I thought that that outlook was really cool. And Hmm. how even something like giving a bed bath to a patient who can't bathe themselves is such a powerful impact on them. Hmm. Okay, yeah, good answer. So while you're while you were in college, what would you say is your favorite memory from at school? This can be class related or maybe something on the side. I don't know. Oh, there are so many. Um, maybe a few, or maybe not exactly your favorite favorite, but some that you can think of now. Or I really enjoy doing movie nights at my house. Mm. Starting junior year, about once a semester, I would have some friends come over. You were one of them. I was there a few, not every single time. I missed some of them, but, but a few yeah, of I was them. There. Yeah. And we would watch movies at my house, and we'd go to Waffle House at one a.m. and maybe even later than that. <laughs> Probably later. I think that's one of my favorite memories, just having all the friends together. Hmm. That's good. That's good. Usually, social interactions tend to be people's favorite, not so much the studying <laughs> for anatomy for or whatever. Sure. So looking at campus, this is kind of maybe more of a personal question, but uh, from your knowledge of what the dorms are, what would you say is the best dorm on campus and the worst dorm on campus, male and female? Uh, the best female dorm is definitely Walker. It's the newest dorm. Okay. It is amazing. It's so spacious and it's like a really nice living community because it has a really big lounge and you can just hang out there. The worst storm, from stories I've heard, probably Lawler or Brock. Lawler or Brock. Okay. Yeah. Well, you didn't say McChesney, so I'll let it pass. Oh, thank you. God. <laughs> okay. So looking at your classes as well, since we're on the topic of favorites and least favorites, what would you say was your favorite nursing class that you took? My favorite nursing one was probably... Med surge, actually. Really? Mm-hmm. Despite the final, or or uh, no? Wait, was that no? That was critical care. My apologies. My oh apologies. yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I wasn't a nursing major, so I get the classes confused. So med, med surge was your favorite. Okay. Yes, it was a really nice class because you had a lot of the general diseases that you'd come up against, and just kind of putting all the pieces together and the more clinical knowledge and application was really fun. Yeah. Okay. What was your least favorite nursing class? Hmm. Care populations, Care actually. <laughs> there you go. That sounds about right. I don't know why I would always complain about that one. Uh, not it didn't seem like it was like the hardest, hardest, but it was like a very unnecessary class. Yes, in a sense. you could have learned the whole class material in about two weeks. Gosh, even it just I could have learned it. <laughs> All right. Now, looking at, I mean, gen eds, I know, at least in my opinion, I think they're kind of a scam, but hey, you know, that's okay. What would you say was your favorite gen ed class? I don't know if you'd count anatomy as a gen ed. But I, I would really... not. But okay. Probably speech then. Speech? Yes. With, you had it with Derek, right? Yes. Uh, Professor Green. Yes. I loved speech. All right. What about the least favorite gen ed? 
anatomy? Just kidding. <laughs> no. Probably my least favorite gen ed was maybe Packle. Packle? Just oh. because I felt like I already knew all the material from nursing classes. Mm. So it wasn't quite as necessary. Okay. And for those listening, PACL is an acronym. I believe it's for physical activity of the Christian lifestyle. So Cedarville's a Christian school and they kind of, you know, shove it in there whenever they can. So that was like our gym credit, if you will. So they were like, oh, like work out for the glory of God and stuff, which I mean, fair enough. You know, we <laughs> to glorify God, but also it's just like, mm, this is a waste of time. But, you know, that's okay. I, Okay, so comparing your time, because in college you had your experiences, and then before college, school, how would you compare the two? Like, how were they similar and different? Like high school? Yes. Well, I was homeschooled, Mm -hmm. so that was very different. Um, My first day of classes at Cedarville, I was a little nervous. I showed up and had never really been in a classroom before, so I was like, Mm. well, I have a pen, but what do I do with it? Was Gen Psych your actual like classroom, classroom, first class or? Yes, actually. Really? So I I witnessed the beginning. (laughs) Okay. All right. Yes. So it was very different just having the classroom and then like going off. Studying wasn't really different at all because I'm used to studying on Mm -hmm. my own. But then college was really nice because then I could study with other people and quiz Mm -hmm. each other. And that wasn't really something I had in being homeschooled. Okay. So did you feel like you enjoyed the college experience and that or definitely be- maybe more or less or ups and downs? There are definitely pros and cons of both, but mm. I'm kind of a people person. So I okay. love just interacting with people and studying with them. Interesting. So whenever you were growing up in school, homeschooling, I wasn't homeschooled, so I don't know the exact homeschool experience. Uh, what were some activities and hobbies that you would do while growing up? When I was younger, I did 4-H for two years. Oh, okay. So I did baking and sewing and public speaking in that, actually. Public speaking? Like yeah. Like you just like stood up in front of your siblings or? <laughs> no. So 4-H, I would write a health and safety speech and then I would compete in front of judges and then I won that and I went to um, the regional competition and I won that. So then I went to the state competition and I competed against the top speeches in the whole state of Ohio Mm. so that was really fun okay so with this speech uh, I was I competed in speech and uh, not so much debate just mostly the speech in college and it's a shame you didn't compete because then I could really touch on that and be like (laughs) compare the two because I'm curious but well um but what were some examples of like some speeches people would typically give in the homeschool or the high school setting that you were in so the high school one was different from 4-H. Um, so that was called Christian Communicators of America. Mm. And so it was like a homeschool Christian league. And there would be um, like persuasive speeches on basically any topic you can find. There would be some speeches for vaccines. There'd be some speeches against vaccines. Um, that I heard a speech about convincing us to get rid of the penny once actually the penny yes really? so that was interesting well, did they give a good argument or do you not remember you know it was decent because they're like what's the point of a penny you just drop it in a box anyway like no one keeps their pennies around it's <laughs> kind of a fair point point. and then there were like um theater speeches theatrical speeches like dramatic interpretations um poetry stuff like that so my favorite was dramatic interpretation. Mm. So a lot of those involved like tragic events. So 
maybe something with 9-11 or something with a sibling dying, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Well, if nobody dies, then there isn't really much of a point to the speech. Exactly. <laughs> at, at least in the collegiate forensics experience, if there wasn't something like something social justice like racism like being like obviously portrayed in a negative way obviously uh or like someone dying getting raped like it was like oh there's not really much there so yeah i figured the high school setting would at least still have the dying and stuff because i mean i think i remember someone that was on the team with me they're like yeah in high school like they at least didn't they were at least somewhat ashamed of like swearing or yeah it was a little toned down in high school which i mean also it's a different setting like maybe there's different high school leagues i don't know i just i just started doing it in college and i still don't know what's going on (laughs) me neither yeah so okay so what would you say you said your favorite event was interp right yes what was your favorite piece that you competed in with interp my favorite one it's called um Mockingbird. Mockingbird? Mm-hmm. And it's about a little girl whose brother was killed in a school shooting. Mm. And this little girl has autism. Mm. And it's her trying to cope with it and find closure. And it's a really touching piece. I think you performed that for us once, right? I did. Okay. <laughs> it's been a few years. Normally I'd say, oh, perform it for us now. But I don't know if this is the setting. Or yeah, I don't think I remember be- it either. It's okay. Neither do I. So. <laughs> so looking at your collegiate experience you've been through, you know... I guess in retrospect, what you were able to do and what you, do you regret not competing in forensics in college? I don't um, like part of me wishes I had done it. But overall, I feel like I was able to devote more time to my studying and get a better understanding of that when I wasn't traveling every weekend for tournaments mm. and having to spend so much time practicing and stuff. But I definitely missed it, especially the first year or two when I wasn't competing in speech mm. anymore. Yeah. Yes, I don't know exactly how it would have gone for you, but it definitely would have been like, I mean, you still have to balance your studies and mm-hmm. say you you place or you don't place. It's a very emotional environment. Like compared to like sports, I feel like speech was a very like emotionally draining event. It's yes, like, geez, like, <laughs> especially with interps. Oh my gosh. Like I don't know how they do it. So, okay. So now that we've looked a bit about it, some things that you've done, I kind of I want to touch more upon your diabetes. You know, okay. How can we not have an interview without talking about that, right? So <laughs> right. we talked about Milo earlier and how he helps there, but I want to start with, I guess, what's the most annoying question people ask you pertaining to your diabetes? Probably when they say, can you eat that? Can you eat that? So yes. what are some things that you tend to be holding when they ask that? Uh, something sweet like cake or ice cream hmm. and they're always so. like um i don't think you can eat that it's like boo you don't know me <laughs> that actually brings me to my next guest question my celebrity guest question from charity best so charity is asking today does cinnamon cure diabetes <laughs> no no <laughs> no surprise oh my gosh that's disappointing sorry charity <laughs> <laughs> okay so looking at annoying questions or questions like that thank you charity uh what would you say is something you wish people knew about diabetes that they tend to not know uh people tend to clump type 1 and type 2 diabetes together there's a difference yes there is a difference so so you wish that people knew how to differentiate between those anything Mm -hmm. else um just in general if someone is making a like decision on what they're eating most likely they know what they're doing (laughs) okay all right so 
could you differentiate between type one and type two? Explain to our audience. I'm sure so. Everyone here has listened to every episode, obviously. You know, I'm sure they've listened to the Caleb Marine episode that he explained the difference. But in case they haven't, could you fill our audience and myself in on the difference between type 1 and type 2 diabetes? Yeah. So I have type 1 diabetes. Uh, that one is typically diagnosed in children, and it's when your body kind of attacks the pancreas, it sees it as a foreign object. And so it attacks some of the cells that produce insulin. So in order to survive, I have to get insulin through either shots or an insulin pump just anytime I eat or if I'm stressed, then I need more insulin. Um, so it's an autoimmune disease. And then type 2, it can be genetic, um, but it can also be prevented with diet and exercise. And that one is more having insulin resistance. So your body kind of gets tired of having to give so much insulin and just kind of rejects it. Hmm. Okay. And uh, is there any other types or something? I feel like once I heard there's like type three, maybe even some more. Or? Um. Yes, there is a type that you can have if, during pregnancy. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. So because your insulin levels will fluctuate when you're pregnant. And so that can be affected. Is that just temporary or? Yes, okay. it normally goes away after gotcha. you I give guess birth. You know, I'm just curious if sometimes it sticks around or not. I don't know. Not that I know of. Okay. That's okay. I don't know either. Okay, so I guess with looking at that, you have type 1 diabetes. Mm -hmm. And having that experience, do you feel like there's been a time or many times, I don't know, that it has kept you from doing something? I don't think so. It can be discouraging trying to work out sometimes because it seems like every time I try and work out, my blood sugar goes low, even if I take preventative measures. And then if my blood sugar goes low, then... Um, that could be really dangerous. I could pass out or have a seizure, and so I have to stop, and then I eat Skittles or some kind of sugar, <laughs> and then I was like, well, what was the point of working out? Mm. So that's discouraging, but it's also sometimes an excuse if I just don't want to work out. Sure, sure. So do you, like, keep stuff on you in case it drops? So you mentioned keeping Skittles. Like, what would yes. you say are Skittles your favorite candy to keep on you? You keep other stuff on you? Primarily Skittles. It's much more practical than like a chocolate candy because it doesn't melt. It doesn't melt, okay. And they're easy to eat if i kind of out of it. Mm, gotcha. And they're probably relatively cheap-ish, I yes, guess. Yes, you can <laughs> buy giant packs. Gosh, that's true, that's true. <laughs> so on that side, I want to kind of flip it on the other side and say, do you feel like there's been a time you've been able to do something else because of your diabetes like you've been enabled to do more than most people because of it or um there was one time when I was younger I actually went to a school where one of the kids in class had just been diagnosed and they like wanted someone to come and talk to the whole class about diabetes mm. so my mom and I went and we kind of gave a presentation and explained to the whole class what it was about so that was really cool and then that's also what gave me my passion for nursing is being able to work with newly diagnosed diabetics. Hmm. Have you had the opportunity to work with any newly diagnosed diabetic patients? I have a couple. A couple? Okay. Yes. All right. Well, we'll touch more on that later because I want to talk more about your nursing profession later, but okay. we'll touch up on that a bit. That actually, so we've been talking about diabetes, what you've been through. Uh, this actually brings me to my next guest question, another celebrity, I guess. Uh, Callie Dunn. Oh. Oh, Cal Pal is asking, where's Milo? <laughs> um, he's actually at home right now. He had surgery, so he's staying home. Oh, he had surgery. Okay. Yes. So 
how what did he get surgery on he had a skin tag and it was non-cancerous right now but it was growing and the vet just suggested taking it off so it doesn't turn bad oh okay when did he get surgery on that tuesday tuesday so Mm -hmm. not too long ago tuesday that would have been july 2nd i think so yes just putting it in perspective you know so okay so milo you guys have been I don't know. I don't know if I want to say been together because that sounds like I don't know, a relationship, but he's been around for a few years now. Mm-hmm. Um, how how exactly has Milo been of an assistance? Because I know sometimes it's like you see a service dog and you assume oh, it's because they're blind or I don't know. But I'm sure that may be another question people have asked you that's like could be potentially frustrating of like, well, why do you even have a service dog to yes. begin with? Because do you need it? Or I don't know. I'm sure that there's mm-hmm. been that stigma. Diabetes is considered an invisible disability. So yeah. if they see a dog, they're like, oh, they're just faking something. Oh, yeah. So I want to touch up on that. So obviously we've talked a few times about people who fake service dogs and that can be quite frustrating mm-hmm. or people who need them and they just assume they're, f- I don't know. So how exactly has Milo been of an assistance throughout the years? He's been so good. Um, he lets me know if my blood sugar goes too high or too low. So he'll just put his paw on me. He was trained when he was two days old was when he started his training. They trained him with like a synthetic low blood sugar smell. And then if he reacted to it, then they would give him treats and throw balls for him and like make it this big deal. So anytime he alerts, he gets this puppy party and it's so exciting for him. And so it's like, um, it's just a really good thing for him to alert. And then he has caught so many blood sugars that I wasn't expecting. Um, Sometimes my meter that I used to check my blood sugar might be off and he'll alert me and then I check and I was off and I would have maybe gotten insulin when I shouldn't have or vice versa. So he's been very good. He's not perfect, but having him through college was really helpful too. So he would just be there, say you're sleeping in the middle of the night and he'll just like wake you up or like kind of that added accountability if you will yeah he's not quite as good with nighttime alerts because he's sleeping too sure but in classes or if i'm eating then he'll just paw me sometimes at night he'll wake me up can you think of a specific story or time in which he pawed you and you weren't expecting it or actually just last week just last week yes i have a continuous glucose monitor which kind of tracks trends in my blood sugar and gives me an estimate of where it's at and my cgm showed that my blood sugar was about 90 which was good um but milo alerted me so i checked and it was actually like 208 which is not good Mm. so i saw i had to give myself insulin and i corrected it and then later that day my monitor said that I was, I think it said I was like 160, which is okay, a little on the high side. And he kept alerting and I was like, I'm fine. Like you're not trained to alert at 160. But then I checked and it was actually low. So I knew I had to eat something when normally I may have even taken some insulin for that. And just to give us some background on uh, blood sugar levels, Mm -hmm. could you give us like what's a high number, a low number, like Tell, the, tell us like what the gauges are. So Milo's trained to alert below 80 and above 180. For a non-diabetic, normal is probably about 70 to 120. Okay, so if you get down there or up there. Okay, so okay, I just want to give some context and like yes. what's a good number because you just start shooting those numbers out there. Like, okay, <laughs> Sorry. Sure. No, 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 that's fine. I mean, even I still like, uh. Okay, 
so for Milo, what, what's what's his origin story, I guess? like So how did you and Milo meet, I guess? Did you just like pick him up at the pound or <laughs> yes. call 1-800-BUY-A-DOG-NOW? No. So he actually, we didn't know that diabetic alert dogs were a thing. And then, Neither did I until I met you. So. Yeah, they're very new, actually, only in the last, I don't know, maybe 10 years. Really? Okay. Yeah. So we started looking for a company that had been training diabetic alert dogs for a little longer and we found one in Texas so we talked to them got lots of information we decided to go with them because they they seem like a reliable company they had been doing it for a long time and I actually got to fly and meet him when he was about a year old um, so that was really fun and then he finished his training in Kentucky and I got him when he was about a year and a half old and what, was this before you came to Cedarville you got him? or Yes, I got him the summer before freshman year. Hmm. Okay, okay. And do you know anybody else who has a diabetic service dog? I do not, actually. Not? Okay, I say you're the only one that I know personally, but maybe you might know someone else. Okay, so that brings me to my next, actually, another guest question. And this one's from Angelina Seaman as well. So she asked one during the warm-up. And she's asking, I'm not sure how I feel about this one, but all right, here we go. And she is asking, would you rather switch lives with Milo for a day or switch lives with Wade for a week? Oh, I think I'd rather switch with Milo because he really? does get to sleep quite a bit. That's it's dis- a pretty chill oh, life. Yeah, I get that. Okay, I say that's disappointing, but then <laughs> explain that. So I was like, who wouldn't want to be me, right? I mean. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So overall, Milo, how how old is he now? He's five. He's five. Yes. So what what day is his birthday? It is February fifth. February February is just a good month to be born in. So, okay. So, has how is how does he interact? Because you have other dogs at home. Mm-hmm. So does he get along with them fine as well? Your what are the names of your dogs again? And what are their breeds? At home, we have three collies right now living with us. Keegan is the oldest. And then there's Toby. Toby's just one. Mm. And then Trig is actually my sister's dog, but he is 10 weeks old. Mm. So he's a little tear right now. Mm. <laughs> but Milo is incredibly patient and tolerant. Um, the other dogs love him. <laughs> they yes. like to pull on his tail and his ears. Yes. But um, he does really well with them. At home, Milo's pretty much just like a normal dog. He still has to alert, but he'll run around with them and have fun. Mm. So compare his behavior, because there's a work mode and play mode, to my understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember there are times where people will come up to you while he's in work mode out in public, and petting him is not really smiled upon, in a sense, because that right. might change his uh, work mode. So could you compare his behavior in work mode to play mode? When he's working, he calms down so much. Being a lab, he has a ton of energy. And so when we're out and he has his vest on, he just calms down. He'll curl up under tables or chairs. Whereas when he's home, he can go crazy sometimes <laughs> and he'll run around the house or, you know, tackle one of the dogs. <laughs> yeah. So it's very different. So whenever people, because there's been times where people come up and want to pet Milo. So I mm-hmm. guess to give an official on the record explanation, uh, why why can't I pet Milo? Like why 
you know, it's a dog. He's just chilling there, right? <laughs> well, sort of. But when he's working, it can be very distracting to have so many different people come up to him. And we're out in public. It's already kind of distracting. So in order to keep his focus on me, then petting him would distract him. And then he might forget what he's doing and mm. not pay attention to me anymore. Fair enough. Yeah. I feel like I, there's some service dogs out there where they like people will pet them and they'll like kind of lose their training if that makes sense or maybe mm -hmm. not they lose like it. enter play mode exactly yeah and it's just like well we kind of want them to focus so we don't die here <laughs> right um do you feel like whenever you have milo around do you feel like people notice him a bit more than you or there like people will come up to you and be like oh doggy and it's like yes <laughs> dog lady or something is there a specific story you'd like to share of, I don't know if anybody's ever done that or a funny circumstance of that? Um, it kind of just happens a lot in general where people like to come up to me, but they never actually talk to me. They just talk to Milo. And then it's really awkward because you're like talking to him in this little childish voice and like, I'm not going to respond as Milo, but it's also awkward to start talking to them as me. Mm -hmm. So that's really awkward. Do you ever... Try to interact with him, or you just kind of stand there and just let him finish and let him walk off. Uh, it depends if they are interacting with him in a way that's distracting. I'm like, I'm sorry, he's working. I'm mm. um, like, if they try to pet him or something. Otherwise, sometimes I'm just like, ha ha ha, yeah. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. <laughs> it happens. Do you feel like in class? Does how does he interact in the classroom? Does he just kind of chill under the desk or? Yes, he's very good about just curling up under my table, mm -hmm. and he sleeps through the entire lecture. Mm -hmm. Professors get offended sometimes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, overall, people are really considerate, and in classes, they don't try and pet him. There have been a couple times where people would like come up and say hi to him and not me. Mm. But overall, people are really nice. You ever take him to like the grocery store or anything like yes. that? Yes. Okay. He goes to the grocery store with me. Does he eat any of the food off the floor? <laughs> no. He's very well behaved, yes. even in the cafeteria. He almost never like goes near food, even yeah. if it's sitting on the floor. You know, that's kind of surprising for a dog, not going to lie. So looking at how life is outside of, I guess, mentioned the grocery store, kind of going outside the classroom. We graduated mm -hmm. literally two months ago kind of crazy how that is yes how has life been since graduation with milo or why not both okay um with milo it hasn't changed all that much i haven't started working yet so i kind of just chill at home and don't mm -hmm. do a whole lot of stuff he'll go with me when i go out um i guess that kind of answers both questions um i start work actually tuesday it's July 9th, actually. Oh, July Not, 9th. Yes. I'm terribly sorry. I thought it was the 29th. I'm going to get okay. on Wyatt for that one. <laughs> it's fine. You can blame him. That's true, and I will, and I just did. Okay, <laughs> so you're still at Soin Medical Center, yes. Beaver Creek, right? The, yes. So why why work? That, what what exactly are you working at again? It's I'm on a neuromed surge unit okay. with adults. So I'll have like a lot of stroke patients. Right now, it's kind of a take-all floor, so I could get anything um, but I'll also have a lot of surgery patients before or after they go to surgery. Okay. So I'm excited. I think it'll be a good learning experience. Mm. It's not quite my dream job, but <laughs> what really is? <laughs> what what would what is med surge? Could you explain that for us? Yeah. So a general med surge floor would be a lot of um, like cardiac issues. So maybe a heart attack or heart failure, a lot of respiratory issues, um, asthma, COPD, stuff like that. And then the surgical side is just 
pretty much anyone going to surgery. You have to do certain things to prepare them for surgery. And then when they come back, um, they're monitored, make sure everything's working correctly. Hmm. Okay. And then you can like change their dressings and stuff like that. Okay. So in terms of uh, a med surge that was looking at your educational experience, that was one of the clinicals that you had. Mm -hmm. To my understanding, med surge is more of like general Mm -hmm. medicine, right? Yes. What are some other clinicals that you have done in the past? And could you explain what each one is? Yeah. So I've had a pediatric rotation. Okay. And Um, that is with children, right? With children, yes. That's also where I did my... um, preceptorship where I basically worked full-time as a nurse mm-hmm. um, so that was just taking care of kids um, that was also a med surge floor so I had a lot of diabetic kids um, kids with kidney problems kids with neuro problems stuff like that um, and it's just like a lot of shots monitoring stuff like that I've had a maternity rotation so I get to take care of moms when they're about to give birth or right after they give birth mm-hmm. I've had geriatrics, which is elderly patients, and that was in a nursing home and then also kind of in a hospital. Mm. Uh, Let's see, what else? There's been a lot. Oh, I've had a a psych rotation. Psych, okay. Yes, so you have... um, The crazies? Pretty much. (laughs) Mine was a little little crazy. Um, So people who come in with bipolar or um, schizophrenia, stuff like that. And we got to work with them. Okay. So could you explain for our audience the difference between a clinical and a preceptorship? Yes. So with clinicals, depending on what year you are in nursing school, with clinicals, it could be anywhere between four hours and eight hours. You go there for a little bit. You're under supervision of a nurse. And you get to do some things, like maybe you get to pass meds. You can do an assessment but it's much more controlled, and that's usually once a week. Um, with preceptorship, I was assigned to one nurse, and I worked her schedule 12 hours, and she basically let me do everything. Um, so I would give all the medications, I would hang all the IV medications in like shots, oral meds, I would do the assessment, and um, so it's basically working full-time as a nurse. You okay. have a lot more freedom. Yeah, I've heard preceptorship is like a uh, apprenticeship. Would that be a fair comparison, maybe? Um, maybe yeah, not. Yeah, it's decent. Kind of. I guess in a sense, it's kind of like your capstone in a sense, like mm-hmm. you actually learn what's going on here. Um, what was your favorite clinical? Oh, I really liked pediatrics because I loved working with the kids. What hospitals you work at with P, uh, clinical there? Was it Dayton Children's? Dayton Children's, children's oh, yes. That's, uh, good for <laughs> you. Well, Wyatt, my brother, hated Dayton Children's, and he'll say that all the time. That's yeah. the worst, but I, don't, I mean, that was his experience. But yeah. you like pediatrics? I did like it just because of the kids. Mm. Um, the clinicals were frustrating because they're so protective of their kids. They didn't let us do a whole lot. That's fair. Um, but I think I really liked med surge best because that's where I really started to feel like a nurse. I was doing basically all of the patient care, and that was my junior year. Mm. So that was really fun. Interesting. What was the point, because you said med surge was the point where you kind of started feeling like a nurse. What mm-hmm. was that point in which you were working there and you kind of started to feel more like, I'm a responsible nurse and not just a clueless student that's here trying to fake it. Right. Know? Um. Probably about the second week 
Well, almost right away in med search, since we were junior year nursing students, they were like, well, you basically have full charge of this patient. And we had a clinical instructor that would have to check us off on passing meds and stuff like that. But just knowing that it was up to us and the nurses had to okay anytime we would give a medication, but we would be the ones doing the assessments and determining like, oh, this medication is in the proper parameters to give. And then you'd report it to the nurse and she'd say, okay, go ahead and give it. Interesting. Okay. So in looking at your previous clinical experience, your receptorship experience, I guess passing the NCLEX, congratulations Mm -hmm. on that. Thank you. What would you like? Picture your first day of work at SOIN. What do you think that first day is going to look at like? Just looking at your previous experience, maybe the interview. What, how do you think that first day is going to look like? It's going to be overwhelming, I'm very sure. Okay. <laughs> I think the first day they said it'll primarily just be shadowing, and I'm not going to be doing a whole lot of um, the actual patient care. So that'll be kind of nice, hmm. but it will definitely be the next step up because I will have more responsibility i'm working under my own license now so if i mess up it's on me that's awkward but yeah. also <laughs> that extended responsibility is kind of liberating in a sense yes um what do you think and i mean it's so hard to gauge at this point you haven't even stepped in yet mm-hmm. but if you had to take a guess when do you think would be the point in which you're going to be like okay like i actually get it like whenever you're at a job like Sometimes I'll ask this to the person who's interviewing me, like, okay, so in your experience of working this job, when was the moment you felt like, okay, I actually finally get it? And sometimes they'll say like a few years, I don't know. But how long do you think it's going to take for you to finally be able to walk into work and be like, this is business as usual, you know? Um, I've heard a lot of people say it takes about a year or two of nursing before you start feeling confident. Mm. So that's a little scary, but there's just so much to nursing and it's hard to to like be able to step in and see something you've never seen before and still know what to do. That's fair. So it takes a couple years. Hmm. Okay. And looking at, I guess, also your previous experience, have you ever had the opportunity, and they say nursing is the world's most trusted profession it and is. all that. Have you ever had the experience of saving someone's life before? Um, I've never had to do CPR but I have had opportunities where um, like I've given a medication, maybe someone was having a seizure and I got to help with that. I had a patient in severe respiratory distress one day and I helped suction her and um, we actually had to call a rapid response, which means doctors come, respiratory therapists come and it's very serious, but we were able to um, help get her breathing again okay so you took part in saving someone's life so that's nice now i've never had that opportunity but you know i hear it's a nice feeling so that's good that's good i feel like i kind of knew you had but i don't know good question to ask so that brings me some generic nursing questions as you know i put out an instagram poll on oh Mm -hmm. ask some questions so these next two questions are guest questions that are general nursing questions so take them as you will okay uh the first question comes from dawson block i don't know if you know him no okay. him and i ran track together at cedarville okay. so he's a good kid i guess maybe like a younger brother to me maybe not i don't know but i love this kid and he is asking how much poop have you cleaned up as a nurse <laughs> <laughs> well as a nurse not as much as you would think actually but i've worked as a nursing assistant for a year and we deal with a lot of poop, probably, oh, I don't know, 
Well, a butt ton. A butt, a crap ton <laughs> of crap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Nice. Okay. And the next question, this comes from, I'd be shocked if you've ever met this person, but this is coming from Ryan Kaufman. He was on my previous episode. I, I would listen to it. I have. Um, this kid and I, we work together right now. So at the, okay. the uh, Summit County Engineer. It's, I want to say he's like a younger brother to me. I'm working on that. We're <laughs> But anyway, he is asking... Why does my pee come out red? Well, I think that's an issue. You should probably get that checked out. All right. What what would be some things that would make someone's pee red? I feel like... Sometimes are, it's medications. What kind of medications would I be taking? You know, I don't actually know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dang it, Victoria. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm stupid right now. <laughs> good. I, I don't know either. So um, maybe I'll ask. Maybe I'll Google it later. Okay. All righty then. Well... I have one more question. It's my capstone question, and I've just started kind of asking these. I like to ask them to kind of summarize, and then we'll get into wrapping this up. But my capstone question for today is, what makes a good slash purposeful nursing career? So whenever your career is all said and done, what is something that makes it good, like quality and purposeful? I think just being able to say that you made an impact in a single person's life there are some people who hate nurses and there are some nurses who really don't like what they're doing. But I think if it's what you love and it's what you have a passion for and you're able to help even just one person, then it's worth it. Hmm. That's good. That's good. I like it. All right. Well, thank you, Victoria. We're going to wrap this up with one final thing. And that is uh, from today's discussion or life in general, uh, if you have one final piece of advice for our audience today, what would it be? I think I'd say that sometimes life isn't what you wanted or what you expected it to be. But if you take what you're given, then you can learn from it and become who you are and a better person. Hmm. So life's not all about what you're given, but what you do with what you have, I guess. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, Victoria. Uh, do you have any additional shout outs you'd like to give before we wrap this up? Um, maybe my family. Your family? Yes. Your family? Okay. <laughs> And other than that, not really. You guys. Of course, of course. Yes. And I think that's it. All righty then. Well, thank you, Victoria. Thank you for being here today. It was an awesome discussion. And thank you all for listening today. Hope you enjoyed it because I know I did. And, uh, well, have a nice day.